Welcome to Hive Mind. I'm Meg. I'm here with Eli. Hey, Eli. Hi. We, uh, to start this episode, we have a call in. It's two parts uh, from our friend, listener, Michael Miles. Hey, Meg and Eli. This is Michael from Columbus, Ohio. Um, not sure if you meant for this to be like a celebrity sighting hotline, but that's what I'm going to tell you about. So my best friend growing up, um, his parents got rich and moved to Malibu, and they constantly saw famous people because they lived right next to Hollywood. Um, Will Smith lived in his neighborhood, Winnie the Pooh's voice lived just a couple doors down, and his much younger wife, who they called Mrs. Pooh, behind her back. Um, but anyway, I went to go visit him one time, and we went to a movie at an outdoor theater in Hollywood that was like a really famous theater, and we walked out of the parking garage, and right in front of us was Mario Lopez hosting E, or Extra, um... And there was a bunch of barricades. We weren't really sure where we were supposed to be because they weren't completely blocking everything off. So we weren't really sure what to do. The barricades weren't really barricading anything. So we kind of just meandered into the middle of the street near where they were filming extra. And all of a sudden, a security guard goes, move out of the way, move out of the way. We didn't know which way to go because we didn't know where the right place to be was. And we look up and around the corner comes a golf cart just like booking it around the corner and in the golf cart we see a very surprised Betty White who was about to run us over. We ended up having to like dive out of the way of the golf cart. We almost got hit by like just a matter of feet and that is the story of the time that I almost got run over by Betty White in the golf cart. I feel like we've all been waiting with, you know, um terror. Oh. Anticipation for when Betty White dies. What a turn of events it would be if it ended up she killed someone. That would be. I. It's so funny that we just got that because literally yesterday I was at the gym and I stopped my workout to Google. And I do this every six months because I can never remember. I stopped my workout to Google. How old is Betty White? And ninety nine. She's turning a hundred. I think in January. Um, but it's it's terrifies me. I want her to live to be a hundred and thirty. I know. Is that unreasonable? Uh, no, I think that that's a totally reasonable, and I believe science can do it. Uh, Michael, thank you so much for calling in. Loved everything about that call. Mrs. Pooh, I want to read an entire <laughs> nine-part podcast series, listen to a podcast series on that relationship, because, wow, wild. Um, great story. Thank you. We also, we got a DM on our Instagram from Lauren, who is living in New York and Mrs. Maisel was filming around the corner from where she lives and she sent us oh. some photos. So I will put those on Instagram. Uh, but they, there was like snow on the streets of New York because they that were filming so the next season. I know. So. My, I have a friend who lives in, uh, on the Upper East Side and her neighbors, she and her neighborhood got so annoyed year after year because for some reason, Madam Secretary filmed on their street a lot. <laughs> And I guess it was like the street. I don't know what was happening on that street. I, yep. can't, I can't remember. But she would send me pictures out of her window. and But they were all annoyed because it would get in the way. And she'd be like, your stupid show is filming here again because it's my stupid show. Oh, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It is your stupid show. Yeah. Um. So thank you to our listeners who reach out. Um. Both daily messages and on Instagram and let us know the shows that you want us to talk about through email. We really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Eli, Mm -hmm. what have you been watching? Okay, I haven't been watching very much, partly because you keep making me watch very long movies every week. For our Patreon. And for this regular podcast. So this we had to watch two really long movies. Yeah. Was the first one long? The 
which one? No Sudden Move? Yeah. Is it long? Did you not watch it? I, no, of course I watched it. I just don't remember it being especially long. Can you imagine it if I showed up and hadn't long. watched it? I, I know Skylar left to go to Costco or to uh, Home Depot last night and he came back a long time later and walked in and said, this movie is still going. Yeah. So from his perspective, it was long. Okay, but we're not talking about it yet. Okay, we're anyway, talking about what you've been so watching. So I haven't seen a lot recently, but I do have a few things to say. I need to issue a formal apology to the film Independence Day. Because you might recall that a couple of years ago, we did Independence Day on this podcast. Whole episode about Independence Day, the film. Yeah. We made fun of it. We loved it. But also, it's absurd. And one of the things that I specifically pointed at was that I did not appreciate the tone of Independence Day because in that movie, the people are like making jokes. So like... Will Smith and his buddy, what's his name, are like sitting there getting instruction about how they're going to go fight the aliens. And they're like, yeah, we're going to whoop E.T.'s ass. And they're all laughing or whatever. And I said, if there was an apocalyptic event, people would not be joking. Uh, and then 2020 <laughs> happened. So I watched Independence Day this week because it was the holiday or I caught part of it. And I saw that scene. And then I thought about 2020. Yeah. And all we did that entire year, everyone went to Twitter and just like, joke, 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 joke. And I was like, actually, I think that might be the most realistic part of this film is that like the world is burning around them and they're all like, LOL. Yeah, because what else do you do? What? I feel like with climate change, we're all like, okay, yeah. uh, we're all the dog in the room that's on fire. Yeah. This is fine. This is fine. Yeah, we're just making jokes about it. Yeah, well, I accept your apology so, as a longtime fan. Thank you. Apologies to Independence Day and specifically to Will Smith. And I am glad he kicked E.T.'s ass. Me I, too. I appreciate that. He Welcome did that. to Earth. Welcome to Earth. Okay. And then I want to talk about TikTok because Meg, I don't understand. Okay. You you did TikTok and you would send me these TikToks and I'd be like, ah, what are the kids up to? And then a couple of months ago, I went on to my little iPhone and I downloaded the TikTok app. And then all of a sudden, every day I open the TikTok app and then an hour and a half has gone by yeah. and I have nothing to show for it. I don't even remember what I just watched. The memories. You have the memories to show for. I me. don't have memories of it. I just, I don't have memory. Like it just, I, I all of a sudden I'm like, it's been 90 minutes and I couldn't tell you a single TikTok that I just, how, this is the most addictive app I've ever had. If you have not downloaded TikTok, do not download TikTok. It's funny. It's the funniest. And, it is so funny. And the stuff, and it's, I think what makes it so addictive is like, I feel like with, Twitter or Instagram or any other social media account, you have to get on there. You have to find people to follow. You have to kind of curate what you're seeing. And it becomes more and more entertaining to you the deeper you get into it because you've curated what you're seeing. Yeah. With this, I don't follow anyone. Yeah. No one follows me. I've never posted anything. I just downloaded the app and all of a sudden it was like, here's everything that you would find funny. And then and it learns. Eternal. Yeah. And then it learns because like, then I like skip over stuff because I'm like, not for me, not for me. And, but like from the beginning, it was already like, I opened it and I was like, the first thing that came up was the funniest thing I had seen in a week. Yeah. And so TikTok. Because I'm, you know, I'm sure that there's no privacy and they know what you're looking at on other apps and what kind of interests you have. And they right. um, cater exactly to you, which is like all I've ever really wanted from social media. This is you and I have talked about this. Like, 
I am not one who is upset about not having no. privacy on the internet. I'm like, please invade. So there are companies trying to make the internet a more fun place for me yeah. by looking at what I like and <laughs> curating it. I don't care. That's like, great. What, how is that hurting my life in any way, except for the fact that they've made TikTok so addictive that I have lost hours of my Listen, life? Listen, here's what, here's, I don't look at TikTok. I don't look at TikTok all week. And then if there's like a sports game, I'll sit in the room with Steven, I'll put in my AirPods and I will just be in the room with him so he doesn't feel like he's watching the game alone and I'll watch TikTok for the entire game. Okay. Like that's the time to do it. You have to have hours, hours. set aside. Well, so I because that's that's good to know because a couple of weeks ago I decided that I was going to set a timer and be like, Eli, you get 10 minutes a day of TikTok and I, I set a timer and when the timer goes off, you have to close TikTok. Yeah. But apparently I don't have self-discipline because the timer would go off and I'd be like, well, I'm going to finish this one. And then 90 minutes later. So what I started doing, thanks to you, is you recommended on Instagram, Kyle Treasure. Yeah. Kyle Treasure. uh, What's his at? Do you know? Everybody look him up on Instagram. I'm going to plug Kyle because it's somebody Megan I know tangentially. I've never actually met him in person. Um, But he. We met him through Zoom. It's the same We met him through Zoom uh, for podcasting. But he has this Instagram. Treasure Kyle. Treasure Kyle, spelled how you would expect. And every Sunday, he puts together like the 30 TikToks that were his favorite TikToks of the week on his Insta stories. And you can just click through and watch them that way. And And he has them all saved as highlights. And he has them saved as highlights so you can see his past weeks. Uh, And so I have decided, I think I'm going to delete the app. And then just every Sunday, I'm just going to go see what his are. And then I am limited because there isn't an unlimited supply anymore. And I'm just going to watch his and then be like, that's all that happened on TikTok this week. He does find the best ones. Yeah. there And and he does because last week I like looked at it and, and I had seen almost all of them already yeah. because I'd spent so much time. And I was like, yeah, those were the best ones. Those were the best ones. So Treasure so, Kyle. Treasure Kyle. That's who I recommend you watch this week. Watch out, Kyle. You are going to get flooded. <laughs> With followers. Uh, That's all I've been watching. What about you? Okay, so I have been listening to this podcast, and I know I've recommended it before, but I'm going to recommend it again. 60 Songs That Explain the 90s Mm. is so directly in my lane as a kid who was born in 1986 and spent her childhood and mm, portion of teen years in the 90s. This week's episode is on Coolio's Gangster's Paradise. Oh. And if there is one song that represents like mid 90s, yeah. it's that. And I remember all the kids who had older siblings were like into that oh. song. Yeah. And I wasn't cool enough to know about Coolio. And so I yeah. wanted to like hurry and catch up on Coolio, you know? Yeah. And it's just, it explores the history of the song, the culture at the time. Every week he does a different song. They're so fun to listen to. Okay. It's only on Spotify because it's a Ringer podcast. 60 songs that explain the 90s. I go for double the length of a run every Wednesday morning so I can listen to the full podcast. Do you have, have they done episodes on songs that you weren't familiar with? Yeah. Do but you skip those? Or I do you... usually do. Okay. But like, it's very rare that I haven't heard the song. There's been like one or two where I've been like, this song never hit my consciousness because I okay. love 90s music. Cool. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, did you read a few years ago there was that essay called Cat Person that was in The New Yorker? Mm-mm. It was about this woman who met a guy, long story short, blah, blah, blah. It ends badly. Turns out it was based on a real couple. Mm-hmm. And the woman who it's based on wrote an essay for Slate about what it was like to have that essay like be part of, it went viral, it went super viral. And so everyone read it and to have everyone talking about this relationship, which was like partly true, but also very not true. And what that experience was like for her, really recommend checking that out. It's on Slate. Cool. And then I watched um, Mrs. Miniver for our Patreon, which we will be recording. Miniver. Miniver. Yeah. Um, so you can access that by going to patreon.com forward slash hivemindhq. Also watch Cruel Summer for the Patreon to talk about with Emily Top Chef. The finale happened and it was a big old controversy because the winner has been accused of sexual harassment. Oh, no. Uh, Irina and I covered that. And then, of course, The Bachelorette, which is such a hot, hilarious mess. Jump in. Seriously, if you've been not watching the season, it is so funny. Hop in. You won't regret it. Okay. And then we watched No Sudden Move, the new Steven Soderbergh movie. Eli, I can't wait to hear your take on this. Hated it? Uh, Okay. I have to say, like, it would be hard to find a genre of movie less in my lane really than mobster crime movie directed by Steven Soderbergh and starring a bunch of dudes that like I don't care about any of the people that are in this movie really wow rude Um, except and oh uh, yeah also I've been watching the succession trailer over and over oh yeah yeah me too go on I'm excited for that um this movie, okay, it felt very long to me. It it was it felt like it should have been named Whiplash because it's it's just like double cross, triple cross, quadruple cross. Like every single scene is like everyone crossing each other over and over again to the point that it was like I was I became numb to it. Yeah, I was like I'm no longer surprised by this. I just assume you're all lying and that you're gonna cross each other again and again and again. And you just kept going and going. I think the performances in this movie are so all over the place. Hmm. So th- I was thinking about this this morning. When you see a movie where everyone is bad, like Les Mis, then you're like, okay, there's a problem that's uh, like a universal problem that's happening here. It's probably direction, writing, it's, you know, writing, or, yeah. you know, whatever. Like there's some big problem because all of these people shouldn't be bad at the same time. So there's something going on with the production of this film that made them bad. Then you see movies where everybody is good like everyone is good. Like Lady Bird is an example where like, I think everyone is excellent in that. And when I saw that, I was like, for everybody to be this on, like you have to have a lot going right. You know, their direction, writing and, and all of that. This is a movie where like Don Cheadle is excellent. I think he's really, really good in this. Um, what's his name? Matt Damon. Terrible in this movie. Really? You thought it was terrible? We can get into it. Terrible. 
And like everybody was just so all over the place. We're like from scene to scene, like somebody somebody would be in the scene and be like, yeah, like he or she is really good in this acting against somebody who is doing a terrible job. And I don't know if it's a writing or like there was emphasis in the direction that like just didn't work for some people, but it felt like a very uneven film in that way. Hmm. What did you think? I think I hated the fisheye lens. The cinematography oh, in this drove me, me dizzy. absolutely up the wall. What was the point? Like okay, just so being creative? Again, Steven really should be hosting this podcast, not me because he... Um, knows everything about the industry and who does what and why and where. If you film with a fisheye, it's a lot quicker because you can get a lot of the scene in your shot. Mm -hmm. And so it's not like this multi-camera, like all over here, cut to here and here and here. It's just like one and done and you move on. So, and like Steven Soderbergh's been doing like this whole shoot on iPhone thing. He's like, he's a weirdo and he's trying to like revolutionize the way it makes, he makes movies. But like, I just wanted it to hold still for one second and just have like a normal plane of vision. It yeah. drove me nuts. I thought the acting was good. No one stood out to me as bad. Um, I want to hear more about why you thought Matt Damon. Well, I, Julia Fox was bad. She was terrible. Like she felt like she was reading lines in a community production. I mean, I think that it's one of those like January Jones was good in Mad Men, right? And then it turns out that's just who January Jones is. Mm-hmm. So we saw Julia Fox in Uncut Gems and I was like, oh, she's great. And then it turns out like, no, she was just like being who Herself. she is. And in this, that doesn't translate. She, yeah, she's really bad in this. So Matt Damon and I will say... I normally like Matt Damon and stuff. Yeah. So this isn't like one of these people. This isn't a Jake Gyllenhaal thing. We don't need to spend a month convincing <laughs> Eli that Matt Damon has done good stuff. And so when he show, he shows up kind of toward the end, I didn't know he was going to be in this. And, and yeah, he, I don't think he's cat listed in the cast. Okay. So he showed up and I was like, oh, cool, Matt Damon. Uh, he, oh, yeah, he is. His, scenes, his scene was just like so monologue-y. And delivered um, so over the top. He gives this speech at the end because he plays like this rich dude who's being conned, you know, by these criminals. And he stands up in this conference room and gives this like way over the top, way too much energy speech where he's like, you think you won today, but you will not win in the end. At the end of your life, you will look at people like me and you will realize that we controlled everything all along. And it's just like it goes on and on. And I'm like, nobody talks like this. And like it, there's like no facial expression. He's just like yelling a speech. I'm like, did he just get this this morning, memorized it, walked in, yelled it and then like got his paycheck and left? It's I like was actually embarrassed for him in this movie. Um, I feel that. I think I felt like Steven Soderbergh has a pet issue here, and it's a big issue, obviously, that we should all care about. But it mm. uh, it's hard to make a movie. It's hard to write a movie well when you care too much about the subject matter. Yeah, and I think that that's part of what happened here because, um, you know, the people who hid the. Uh, car emissions were damaging the environment are criminals you know it's a movie about a bunch of criminals and yeah. um it did get too plotty it got way too plotty way too plotty um in like oceans 11 you don't understand what's going on but it's fun yeah you know and you're like they'll explain it to me at the end with this it was like i was so far from understanding what was going on that i was just frustrated and then there wasn't really a payoff right 
Um, well, and that the the no payoff thing that was for me that was because I was numbed by the fact that, that every scene had twenty five twists in it. Yeah, I, it was. I mean, I think over you and over. You watch a mob movie and you're like, trust nobody. You know, everyone's trying to kill each other, and but it was just like that's all it was the whole time. Yeah. What What was the the mob movie we watched last year that was nominated for best picture? The Irishman. The Irishman, which is way too long of a movie, but like that had payoff for me because they they didn't overdo it and there were like some kind of surprises sure but it wasn't character development and character development but it wasn't and this i don't know that this had any character development it was just scene after scene of like that thing i told you before was wrong you know like over and over well and there were like little hints of character development like when don Cheadle goes to see who we assume was his ex-wife yeah. you know and when david harbour's wife is like maybe having a relationship with the neighbor woman yeah. but we get like all of these kind of interesting ideas but then no follow through on them and it's like we'll make a movie about that you know either of those two things but don't shove it into this movie i thought this movie was fine like i'm never gonna rewatch it i'm here for the brendan fraser renaissance i think (laughs) that he's a delight always here for karen unrecognizable in this yeah don Cheadle is great david harbour i'm like whatever happy to see john ham John Hamm was born to play a G-Man. Like, that uh-huh. is exactly who he is and who he should always be in movies. He's really good at it. Could have used a lot more John Hamm, honestly. Yeah, probably. There was just a, too much going on in this. I think I think this movie would have been... The only thing that made this movie worth watching to me was Don Cheadle. I thought his character was interesting. I thought he was fun to watch. I liked him in this. Well, and I liked the whole black mob thing. And again, Mm -hmm. I'm like, make a movie about that. I've never seen that movie. You know, that Mm -hmm. would be a movie I'd be interested to watch. But we only get like this little hint of what it is and how they function and how they exist. And again, like at the end, it was like, okay, so it's about climate change do something you know like mm-hmm. what give us a call to act, like something something not mm-hmm. just like like the other guys did you ever see the other guys Mm-mm. um with ryan gosling and russell crowe it is also ostensibly about climate change but it's so fun mm-hmm. and funny and well directed and it delivers the message in like a much more impactful way where this it's like aren't we a little too late you know yeah like yeah people did bad things but like now how do we fix it where we've we know that these people did yeah. bad things it's too late they're all dead now like how do we solve yeah. our problem what was the point of this movie yeah what was the point of this movie brendan fraser brendan fraser renaissance apparently was the point of this movie for meg i they, i wouldn't recommend this to anybody like, unless there was somebody that's like, I just can't get my hands on enough mobster movies. And I'd be like, well, there is a new one you could watch. <laughs> I mean, it's too bad because, like, it's a fun cast. Benicio Del Toro, Brendan Fraser, yeah. Don Cheadle, um, Kieran Culkin, David Harbour. I thought the kids in it were pretty good. Yeah. John Hamm. Uh and I do get the impression that they were all just kind of bored during COVID and they got together and made this movie. Oh, <laughs> Ray Liotta. I did think Ray Liotta was good in Who's it. Who's Ray Liotta? Julia Fox's oh, husband. yes. But again, like, it's just his character Frank, was just right? there to complicate the plot. Yeah. You know? And I think this is a movie for some people and I'm not one of them. Yeah. So. Okay. Any other thoughts you have? Uh, we're not those people. Um, please, can we please, please take a break from violent long films. Did you think this was violent? I saw multiple people get shot in the head. 
I'm so sorry. I didn't even it didn't even register to me as violent. Yeah, because we've been watching so many of these that you're becoming desensitized. Yeah. I can't, Meg, these dark like it it's so depressing. And we've done like six in a row now. And I'm sorry. I just can't I'm sorry. You know what we're it. gonna watch next week? The what? new season of I Think You Should Leave. That which is now do. on Netflix. I will be happy so to do that. So we will be back next week to talk about that. We're gonna take a break from violence. Thank you. Because Eli needs a break. Um, I need a break. We right now are going to record that Patreon episode I previously mentioned. So subscribe to Patreon at patreon.com forward slash HiveMindHQ. Leave us a good rating and review. Subscribe to our newsletter, hivemind.substack.com. And we'll be back next week. 